Thanks so much for tuning in to Leesburg Daily, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast that we where we dive into scriptures, we study it together, and then we apply it to our lives. Well, I'm glad you're here with us this Friday morning as we uh, start an, an, an entirely new letter, uh, but it's similar to the first letter. Uh, it's the second letter to Timothy, written by Paul. Uh, we call it Second Timothy, and, and it's appropriate, I think, that we go from First Timothy to Second Timothy. One because that's the that's the the uh, canonical order, the order that is in the Bible, uh, but also First Timothy provides a good backdrop to Second Timothy. Uh, on the heels of this first letter to Timothy in First Timothy, where 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 we deal heavily with, you know, if we look back at First Timothy, we say, well, what was the utmost importance to Paul in writing to Timothy. Well, we say one of the one of the biggest things here is is heresy and doctrine. Paul was incredibly concerned with the heresy, with the false teaching that had developed within the church. There had been excommunications in chapter one, verse eighteen, I believe. Uh, uh, they had excommunicated some of the elders in the church who were uh, peddling this false doctrine, this false gospel. Um, they passed it off as enlightened, but but but. We see that uh, Paul Paul contradicts that. He says, "No, this is this is weak sauce. It's not good. It's not it's not good for the church. It's not good for the believer. It's a false gospel that's going to rob for, of of life." And so, throughout First Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy saying, "Hey, uh, uh, guard against false doctrine." And and, and now Second Timothy, we move to that, and we see things have shifted a little bit. In First Timothy, Paul had referenced coming to see, uh, uh, coming to Ephesus to see Timothy, but but now Second Timothy, um, well, that's not going to happen. Second Timothy, it's probably the last letter that Paul wrote, uh, really at all. It's written near the end of Nero, Nero's reign, and it's different because, well, different from First Timothy and from Titus, another pastoral epistle. Uh, uh, because it's much more personal. In the earlier letter, in 1 Timothy, Paul talks about coming to see, and he writes as though he's a free man. His hope is to soon be with Timothy, his, his if you remember, his son in the faith. Uh, but here, he says it's, it's almost time for him to depart. To, to, to depart. Paul sees his ending. He sees... The, the the threshold of death before him. Not, not only is Paul in prison when he writes this, but but he's also been abandoned by by most of his friends. It's kind of a a, a scary thing, a sobering thing to think about. And and I think about this in contrast to what's going on in our world today. This past week, Afghanistan has fallen after 20 years of American influence and and um, very quickly, the Afghanistan, the government of the, the country of Afghanistan fell into the hands of, of, of terrorists. Uh, countless men and women have offered and sacrificed their lives and fought uh, uh, faithfully defending freedom. Their goal to wipe out um, a government, a people group that harbored terrorism, um, that 
ultimately landed on our doorstep in September 11th. Uh, uh, kind of a, a, a sobering thing, and and of course because of where, where, you know I'm a pastor, and so I've I've been getting several emails and messages from missionary um, groups that talk about the Christians who are now in Afghanistan in country. Many pastors and churches and uh, I mean, think about this for a second. For 20 years, we've been there. Uh, Most young people, 25 and below, have never lived really in a, well, 20, I suppose, 20 years and below, have never lived in a Taliban-ran country. The threat of the Taliban has been been dwarfed because of the impact of uh, of the American soldiers there, and so many of these young adults now are facing a brutal uh, reality ahead of them. And many Christians in country are really going to have to choose where do we fall. See, here's the thing that we sometimes forget today. When 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 the pressure heats up, when there's chips on the table, when there's skin in the game, that's when questions about God, and faith, and eternal life are of the most supreme importance. And that's when things matter the most. See, see, there must be skin in the game; otherwise, people don't take it too seriously. That's it's that's the way our life is. When there's not consequences for actions, when there's not when you're not playing for all the chips, when you're not all in on a hand, then people don't take it seriously. And we see that today. I saw a meme that I don't know how accurately it depicts what's being said, but it said. Uh, Christians in Afghanistan, this Sunday we will meet and likely die. And then in contrast, the meme said, Christians in America, this Sunday we'll meet unless I have a birthday party or vacation plans or, you know, whatever. And it listed a, a bunch of excuses that are common in our world today, and, and, and I don't mention that to say, well, you know, I don't say that's a condemn. I, I, it, it, the, the point, though, is sometimes torture will bring out the truth. Uh, and under torture, does one really discover himself? Under, un, and torture is probably the wrong word to use there, but under duress. You see, we don't often think about eternity unless we are now faced with the fact that our body is failing and we're, we've found cancer. We generally don't think about eternity in, until we are forced to think about eternity. And that's largely where Paul finds himself in this second letter to Timothy. Not only is he in prison, he's been abandoned by his friends. And he knows that his time on this earth is is short. And so Paul writes this letter to Timothy. And he starts it much like he started 1 Timothy. He, He starts off, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, 
according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. Well, let's pause and kind of deconstruct that for just a moment. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, what by the will of God? See, see, Paul, near the end of his life, he understands that, uh, th- that he is living by the will of God. It, it's by the will of God that, that, he, that he hangs. The, the, by the will of God. And, look at that, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. He's wrapped up in the, in this idea that this is the will of God. God has got all of this under control. Paul's position, his authority has been confirmed by the will of God. And, and then ultimately the goal of his ministry, the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. It's the good news of that promise that's, that's brought him uh, through the world preaching. And at the moment of of this writing, Paul, in his circumstances, probably thinks of life eternal as something yet to be fully obtained. You see, we live in this already and not yet phase, and he's looking at the at the not yet but close. That's why he talks about it as being the promise. You see, elsewhere he talks about when he talks about this experience of eternal life he talks about it in the present experience of of life see we we have a new life that's begun today think back to first first timothy chapter four verse eight he says look um uh uh uh, uh, talks about training the body and he says godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life but also for the life to come See, he talked largely about the present life and how godliness and the and the gospel impacts the Christian's present experience. But now he's looking near the end of his life. He knows his days are short, and he's looking at this eternal, this eternal life. See, the, 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 that's the main purpose of the gospel, isn't it? That's why we exist in our churches today, is to introduce people to the possibility of a new life, not just one day, but two days. There's a new life available for us today. And we experience that new life in an already and not yet way. We are already saved and yet being saved, Paul would later on say. And so that's a compelling reason to to persevere, to continue in faithful ministry, as Paul told Timothy in his first letter. And it's a powerful source of personal encouragement and hope. Because as we have seen and will see that this this work brings with it a struggle. This promise of life in Christ Jesus. And look verse verse two to Timothy, my beloved son. Hmm. I, I love that to Timothy, my my beloved son. Now we know who Timothy is. Again, we are reminded of who he is from Acts, uh, from his the first letter. You see, this is a very personal letter that Paul writes to Timothy. He doesn't have to write this letter and, and flaunt him as the leader or pat him on the back as the leader, as he somewhat did in First Timothy. 
this is very personal. He knows who he is. He knows, uh, you know, they're good with that. The point in this, he wants Timothy uh, to, to, to be stubborn almost. See, his circumstances, Timothy's probably have changed as well. While Paul's now in jail, Timothy's circumstances have probably changed as well. We don't know whether or not he's still in Ephesus. It might be that he's moved on to an, another area of, of Asia Minor. And we're not really sure if the if the excommunication that's mentioned in 1 Timothy with the, with the heretical teaching of the elders has stopped. In, in fact, it might have spread all the more, leaving Timothy perhaps at this point to be working more widely in Asia uh, Minor. But here, here's the, the, the heretical movement that Paul was first dealing with and Timothy had to deal with in First Timothy uh, probably hasn't stopped. They, they, they've probably taken their, their, their false message on the road. And, and, and so with these developments, Paul addresses Timothy in a very special tone, my beloved son, my child. There's no concern for him to uh, emphasize Timothy's status as the pastor, as he did in First Timothy, again chapter, I guess one, uh, verse two. Instead, Paul treats in a very intimate way an atmosphere of mutual devotion and love and encouragement, and we'll see that as it continues on. And then he he grants to him. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a replica of 1 Timothy 2. It's a promise or prayer that all Timothy and any believer needs to accomplish God's work would be fully available in God. Grace, mercy, and peace. Grace, a gift we don't deserve, mercy, uh, withholding what we do deserve, and peace within the individual, regardless of circumstances. Well, that's the introduction of First Timothy, the uh, Paul writing to Timothy, and, and it's a short thing, but but it's important for us to to pause and think about what's been happening with Paul and Timothy in the past. Timothy has dealt a, 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 a tough hand. In First Timothy, he had to fight uh, false teaching, some heretical work. Paul, being a free man, looked forward to coming to see Timothy, and we don't know whether or not that ever happened um, uh, between the, the two letters, but now Paul writes from a jail cell, not a free man seeing the end of his life ahead of him, and he's going to be emphasizing those things that are of first importance, those things that are very important for for, for Timothy to continue to fight. And we'll see that the theme of, of, of the false teaching and heretical teaching continues throughout the second book, but the circumstances have changed. It, it makes me think again of our brothers and sisters across the world who are now... Um, having to choose where will we stand 
I, I think today of, of the Christian pastors and, and Christians in Afghanistan who, who are going to have to choose. When the Taliban comes and holds a gun to my head, to my family, to my kids, what will I say? Will I reject Christ? Or will I stand boldly for him? You know, it's a thing to con- to, to consider. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, it's really somewhat of a discouraging thing. Because while I, I think we would all like to say, yes, without a doubt, I would stand for Christ. It doesn't have to be a gun to the head. In fact, many of us, as we finish this week, can do a little self-inventory and maybe ask, would anyone ever doubt that I was a Christian? Does the way I, does the way I speak to others, does that, would that cause anyone to consider me a Christian? Do the things I stand for, to the, do the jokes I tell, do the, do the, does the way I talk, the, the way I live, does it reflect Christ in me. See, I, I am much more concerned that maybe we we shouldn't worry about the man holding a gun to our head. Instead, maybe our worry would be the man holding the gun to our TV set. Am I willing to give up the things that I watch that don't honor Christ? Am I willing to give up the things on my computer screen that don't honor Christ? Am I willing to give up my jokes, my coarseness. Do you see what I'm saying? We all think of the person with the gun, but Christian brother and sister that's listening to this today, no one has a gun to our head. Instead, they're holding the culture to our head. And the question is, will we conform to the culture or will we stand out against the culture of our day? Will we stand up or will we cave? As we close this Friday, as we start next Monday, this second letter of Timothy, I, I want to encourage you to think of the things that are of first importance. Acceptance in, to our culture is not of importance. Acceptance in our world today, having the right vernacular in our vocabulary is not, is not of first importance. What's of first importance? It's Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, the, the promise of new life that's available today. And what our world needs is not uh, uh, conformity. They need an escape. They need a way to escape the, 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 the craziness of our day-to-day, and that's only found through Jesus. And so, brother and sister, listen to this. My encouragement as we start this weekend, as we finish this Friday and start this weekend, is may we live with with a clear vision of what's of first importance. May we live lives where people have no doubt, no question as to who we are and who we represent. I am a Christian. I represent Christ. May that be our stance this week. Join me again Monday as we continue and start and officially start 2 Timothy. God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Leesburg Daily.